Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's program. And you are listening to Calvary Live, and I am your host for the next hour. I am Jeff Figs. I pastor Calvary Greeley, and I'm here to take your questions and your prayer requests. You heard the number just uh, a few moments ago, 303-690-3000. That is the number for you to call and to be on the air and for us to have a conversation. Calvary Live, of course, is the program where you, the listener, get to call in and ask questions, uh, maybe some questions that your Bible reading has brought up. Maybe you got a question about a, uh, a text in the Scripture. Uh, maybe you got a question about Christian living or what our worldview should be as Christians about a certain topic. And I'll do my best to answer uh, from the Scriptures to give you clarity and understanding uh, for you to be blessed in any way as uh, we go to the Word of God, as we go to His truth, as we talk about the things of the Lord. So 303-690-3000, grab one of those open lines. Love to talk about the things of the Lord. Go to the Word of God together. Take that number, put it in your contacts, and you always have it available with you. That number works anywhere in the United States. There's another means for you to be able to ask a question or to give a prayer request, and that's a dedicated text line, and that number is 720-336-0897. Let me repeat that, 720-336-0897. You can text in a question, and as we have time, as we're filling in space uh, uh, in between phone calls or waiting for uh, the line to ring and for us to uh, to be on the air together, uh, we will go to those text questions and, and appreciate you being a part of the show. Uh, let's, uh, again, let's talk about the things of the Lord. We have some open lines. I want to welcome all the Grace FM listeners along the Front Range in Colorado, Pueblo and Fountain and Colorado Springs at 101.7. Love to hear from you guys down there. And then also in northern Colorado from Castle Rock up through the metro area of Denver and Boulder and Longmont and Loveland and Greeley up in the southern Wyoming. we got a beautiful day. The sun is shining, but it is cold. And we are in that time of the year where it's cold, waiting for uh, spring to come. we got a little bit of a wait, don't we? But uh, it is... Um, at least the roads are clear, and hopefully you're having a good drive home. And be safe. Uh, if you have an opportunity to text us, be safe as you do that. And uh, let's see what the Lord has for us in the next hour. So welcome all the Grace FM listeners as you are listening live uh, on today's program. But also we want to uh, also welcome those on the East Coast that are listening in on Hope and Truth FM. You are a week delayed, the program uh, that is now uh, going to be today will be next week, but you can call at that number, 303-690-3000, and uh, you can ask your question or give your prayer request, and then you can listen next week. But I've also noticed that a lot of people on the East Coast uh, that are listening, uh, that pick up Calvary Live, 
that they're listening live online. So anywhere in the country, online listeners, we welcome you as well. And uh, we encourage everyone to uh, just have the um, the webpage on your computer of Grace FM, and you can listen live and give us a call or on your mobile devices, you can get the Grace FM app, and uh, that's a great way for you to stay in contact with us. So we got open lines. Hey, let's talk about the things of the Lord, 303-690-3000. Let's end our work week in, in just a wonderful way, talking about the things of God, going to the Word of God, uh, getting the comfort of God as we go to Him in prayer. So I know that some of you have prayer requests. Love to be able to do that. Um, I want to read to you from the book of Psalms, Psalm 62. So we're waiting for the phone lines to come or questions to be uh, asked on uh, the um, text line. But uh, in Psalm 62, I just mentioned that uh, it's cold outside. Uh, I think that when it comes to February, for me personally, I, I get tired of the, the bare trees and the how brown it is and you know, we've been in winter, even though we have not had a severe winter here in Colorado, but many of you in the listening area on the East Coast, it's been cold, it's been snowy uh, throughout much in the nation. We are cold right now. We had snow this week. It's hard to drive in. And about this time of the year, we look forward to spring coming, but we have to wait for that. And when it comes to our spiritual lives, I was thinking about this today there are often times that we find ourselves in situations or circumstances where we have to wait on the Lord. And David was in such a situation and circumstance in Psalm 62. Matter of fact, the trilogy of Psalms, Psalm 61, 62, and 63, he's out in the wilderness. His son Absalom has usurped the throne from him. Um, he is fleeing Jerusalem as he's out there in the wilderness. He's hurting and he's waiting on the Lord. And in Psalm 62, he says, My soul waits silently for God alone, for my hope is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. And God is my salvation and my glory, the rock of my strength, and my refuge is in God. And I love that because we see that David is waiting on the Lord. And we know that the Scripture tells us that as we wait for him, that he will be gracious to those who wait for him. That's Isaiah 30. We know that he'll um, be one that will work and renew our strengths, those who wait on him, the book of Isaiah. Uh, he is also one who will be good to those who wait on him, the book of uh, Ecclesiastes, as we read that, and the book of Lamentations actually says that. So waiting on the Lord isn't easy, especially in our instant world where we get information instantly, communication instantly. We don't like waiting for the Lord, but we need to learn to be still before him and to wait for him and to be like David that says, my soul waits silently for God alone. And maybe today you find yourself where you're waiting on the Lord. Um, in this week, uh, me, the staff, a lot of us have been waiting um for God to work in certain ways and and in our lives personally and in this church corporately. And uh, when we wait, it seems like, um, Lord, do you see me? Are you working? And he is, and we can be sure of that. But it causes us to really 
just look to him, to trust in him, to rest in his love. So maybe you are waiting on the Lord and you need prayer, you need encouragement, and we certainly want to do that. But it's a good thing to wait on the Lord and not get ahead of him and to let him work in his timing, in his way, and to know that he will be faithful to you. So I hope that's an encouragement to you. Uh, I want to encourage you in any way as you call in today uh, to bless you, to encourage you if you're waiting on the Lord or you just need prayer or you got a question about the Scriptures, give me a call. But we're going to go ahead and go to the uh, phone lines. Let's go to Andy in Denver. Andy? Yes. How are you? You're on Calvary Live. Oh, I'm I'm good, Pastor. How are you? I'm doing good. Thank you for asking. I'm so pleased that I got through so quickly. Um, this <laughs> See, question... you know, that's one, one of the Oops. keys, Andy, is I always tell people at the beginning of the show, grab one of those open lines and you, you'll know that you'll get through. So just wanted to add that to all the listeners. So, um, oh, perfect, you got a, yeah. Yeah. You got a question, Andy? I do. Um, so I'm studying the book of Exodus, Exodus again, and I'm mm-hmm. I'm I'm reading the Bible again, and I'm really um, going through it more um, with the fine tooth comb, as you would, you know. Um, I'm looking in different areas for answers, and I'm I'm getting really really good at it. And but I've got a, a question about about the plagues. So I believe it's the first plague. I might be wrong, but uh, when it talks about the uh, livestock being um, killed off, and then in each plague after that, um, it says the same thing um, in, in, in the different plagues. Um, and I was just wondering, if it happened the first time and they're already gone, why does it, he keep repeating that that's what's going to happen well, I think probably what you're doing is you're making reference to the book of Exodus, are you? Yes. When yes. the plagues came down, in the fifth plague, there was the plague on the livestock that was diseased. Mm-hmm. Um, and he would make a difference between the livestock of Israel and the livestock of Egypt during that time. Right. Um, so, so that was the plague that came upon the livestock. And remember that livestock back in ancient times was, um, you know, you see people that are— um, you know, wealthy today because they own a lot of stock, they own a lot of money, they got uh, stocks and cash, uh, real estate. Well, back in ancient times, livestock was everything. Um, that was like having a car. Um, it was like having a work truck. You know, you have oxen and sheep and all that. So when that plague came upon Egypt to to hit the livestock, it really hit them economically uh, to make a living, to be able to plant, to do all those things. So with that in mind, what were you exactly looking at um, as far as uh, he keeps repeating it? So like when um, the, so, so the first, that was the first one, and then it was like the plague of um, lice that would cover the beast and man, so then it, then it would kill off um, the, the beast then too. Um, so was there like a long period of time where there where livestock was born again, or you know what I mean? Because it it, it seems to affect the livestock in each almost each plague. Um, so is there like a lot of time in between that where um, yeah, the livestock I, was know, reborn and then uh, killed off again? 
What I've read, the best that I've read, Andy, is those plagues took place in a period of about nine months. So, you know, the livestock was killed, and then, um, you know, again, there was the livestock that was diseased, and then you have, um, you know, the firstborn, you have uh, the other things. So there was time to where, you know, somehow it was replenished. But I'd have to look at it more carefully and stuff um, at the different plagues. But as far as I know, Andy, um, you know, going through those plagues, it took time, nine months to a year, and, um, you know, they came to the flies, um, the lice, the flies, then the livestock disease, and that was the big hit there, and then the boils, and mm-hmm. um, everything else. So, um, yeah, you know, I probably am not getting a very good answer to you without having to kind of read through that <laughs> and look at it. Yeah. But you, listen, you're, I commend you because you're looking at these things and you're studying and you're going, wow, how did that work out? And, right. um, you know, during these plagues, and, and that's great. And uh, I, I commend you for doing that, even though I may not be able to give you a great answer. Uh, but the livestock was everything. Um, yeah, and absolutely. It really, that was their livelihood. Them. Yeah, that was their livelihood, and it hit them economically. So to recover from that would, of course, uh, take time. Um, and how they recovered from that, I, I don't know how they did and how quickly mm-hmm. they did. Um, but, you know, eventually they would over time. But right. anyway, yeah, keep reading, keep reading, keep looking at it. And Well, I sure um, appreciate it. Thank you very much. I mean, you, you answered okay. it. You answered it for me as, as far as the time period and stuff. But I'll keep studying. I mean, I'm really, you, really yeah. doing it a different way this time. And I'm getting answers this time than just reading you, it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I also commend you for studying the Old Testament because there's so much in the Old Testament that can apply to our lives. And as you go through, you know, the um, the scriptures and as you go through Exodus and you're going to get into the priestly garments, really look at it, how it applies to you. And, and, and it, it um, you know, when you get to the plagues, when you get to particularly when you get to uh, the last plague uh, that speaks of, you know, the Passover was instituted and stuff. Have you gotten yeah. that far? You know, yeah. the death of the firstborn, um, it really speaks of Jesus and really focus on that. And, it sure um, does. Um, yeah. You know, the one that hit me the most, I'll be real quick because I know you have other callers, um, but it was the, the plague of darkness really, yeah. really um, answered some serious questions for me, um, basically. Um, and I was just talking with the... Um, uh, one of my nieces that is also a Christian, and um, we were talking about, you know, the the bar life and stuff like that. And and now, if you when you do enter a place like that, like you can feel the darkness. And then when I yeah. read that this morning about the darkness, I was like, oh my gosh, Father, thank you because you just answered something for me that that's what it was talking about about how you can feel it, you can feel the darkness, and how they yeah. were like that for three days. I mean, it really touched me yeah. and answered something for me. I mean, it really um, yeah. awoke yeah, and, me uh, for being sober and, for five years, you know. Great, yeah. super. So, you know, the, the darkness in, in um, chapter 10 of Exodus, verse 21, tells us it could be even be felt. And then also, just Andy, a little reminder, 
how it can, um, when Jesus died on the cross, there was darkness over all the earth, Luke tells us, and how an eerie darkness that must have been as well. So, hey, Andy, thanks for calling. Appreciate it. Keep reading your Bible. Um, Appreciate you calling in. Keep in touch with us, and uh, you have a great weekend. So, hey, when somebody hangs up, uh, that means there's another open line, so grab one of those open lines, and we do have a couple open lines. 303-690-3000 is the number to call to ask your questions or your prayer requests. And uh, you're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Jeff Figgs of Calvary Chapel Greeley. Let's go to Suzanne in Pennsylvania. Suzanne? Hi, Pastor. How are you today? Doing well, thank you. I hope that you're doing well. I am. I am doing well. Is it cold out there? You guys have been getting some Um, cold weather, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. Um, Today actually went up to 50, but now um, it's starting to drop and be windy, and tomorrow's going to be in the 30s. Uh, but last yeah. week, yeah, 17. Um, yeah, <laughs> it was pretty cold. Polar, yeah. <laughs> so, so you got Thanks a prayer for request for me? I have a prayer request, yeah. My um, 30-year-old uh, niece is um, addicted to heroin, and um, she does have three children, so my prayer request is for that family, and um, she... Um, went to rehab one time, um, but uh, got out and started again. So uh, that that was a year ago, and and also a year ago she was talking to me and, or with me, and I was sh- sharing my concerns. And she actually picked up a Bible and said and looked at me and said, "I'm I got to hold on to something." And so apparently she was reading the Bible, but. Um, stopped and, and, and went back again to the to the drugs. And um, we don't know yeah. really what she's doing now, but with a family, uh, we're all trying to chip in and take care of our children. We have custody yeah. of them. But uh, well, so the prayer is for... Bless your guys' heart. Yeah. Yeah. And prayer is for her recovery and um, for her children to be able to, you know, deal with it. It's, it's, it's yeah, it's been going on for a couple of years, and, and it's, it's tough to yeah. explain to the children, you know, um, you know, say your prayers to Jesus and, and to help mommy and yeah. to help you guys. And it's just hard to explain yeah. to them why things are happening. And, uh, so overall prayer okay. and support. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Let's pray. Father, I, I do pray for Suzanne's niece that, um, the drugs have got a grip on her and, um, are, um, it's devastating. Uh, I know that people are listening right now that they have family members. Maybe it's a son or a daughter. Maybe it's um, a friend. Maybe it's um, whoever that are in bondage to drugs. And, Lord, we want to pray specifically right now for Suzanne's niece and that you would free her, that you get a hold of her. As she realizes she needs the Word of God, she needs you personally. And, Lord, that um, that she would open that Bible, allow the Word to touch her heart, and, Lord, you, you would touch her personally to free her, that she would look to you to be her help, and, Lord, that um, she would, um, Lord, be freed um, by a, a, just a miraculous touch from you, Lord. I pray for Suzanne and her family as they're taking care of her three children. It's hard and difficult for them to understand, and, Lord, I pray that you give them wisdom that you would provide for them, give them the strength they need, and, Lord, um, that they would continue to pray for um, these children and for their mom. And, Lord, work. Show yourself strong. 
um, I pray that you would work a miracle. And Lord, that you would just be with Suzanne, that she would know there's always hope um, when you are being requested and when we give our supplications to you, when we look to you, Lord. So Lord, you can work in any situation. We pray that you would do in in, in this specific um, instance and to her niece and Lord, um, that you would just do that healing work and freeing work. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you so much. You bet, Suzanne. God bless you. Take care. Thank you. Uh You too. You know, sometimes um, there are those who are Christians, you know, we talk to them, and uh, it kind of reminded me a little bit uh, in the book of Revelation. We're uh, studying the seven letters of the seven churches, and uh, to the church of Sardis, they, they, there was a deadness that was there. And the Lord said that what you're to do is strengthen the things that remain. And, uh, you know, for, for you who may be out there struggling and whatever, strengthen the things that remain. Know that the Lord is there. Whatever deadness is going on, whatever is holding you down, whatever's got you in bondage, that the Lord can work. Call out to him. Look to him. Um you know, get brothers and sisters in your life that will pray with you and encourage you. Um, and and Jesus wants to do that work. He wants to breathe life into you and, and uh, not for you to remain in that deadness. So um, we're going to continue to pray for Suzanne's niece and, and uh, so many others I, I know that need prayer. But let's go to Doris in Washington Township. Doris? I'm here. Doris, how are you today? Uh- I'm good. Thank you. Thanks for calling. Um, you're welcome. I'm calling from New Jersey, and as you know, we're like a week behind. So what I was yes. hearing on Calvary today was about the two witnesses and who they might be, Moses yes. and Elijah, Moses, Enoch, whatever. So I just had um, a thought from looking at the scriptures. Um, <clears throat> there's two that two people in the Bible that God says will speak again. One is John in Revelation 10:11. It's about the seven thunders, and he says, don't speak what the seven thunders say. But then at the end it says, you must again, like, speak. But it doesn't tell him when. It just says, you must again speak. And in Daniel, chapter 12, verse 13, it says, and you must rest, Daniel, but you'll, you know, come again. You'll speak again at the end of days for your people. So there's two places where it says they would speak again. So... I'm thinking it's possible that they could be the two witnesses. Now, I still know that, like, when John the Baptist came and Jesus said, I say to you that Elijah has come, he was talking about John coming in the spirit of Elijah. So I'm thinking, Daniel, the two witnesses are coming in the spirit of Daniel and John, possibly from the Scriptures. Yeah, and, you know, I've never heard that um <laughs> take on it before i i'm familiar you said john chapter 10 i think you mean revelation chapter 10 where john is yes writing. revelation 10 and 11 yeah. is john who's writing it but it yeah. is revelation and 10 11 where it says he's going to speak again and i think perhaps when he says to me you must prophesy again about many people's nation tongues and kings and then the next chapter of course is the two witnesses so right. you know it, it's kind of an interesting take on that um, and then Daniel, Daniel chapter 12, you made reference to, and yep. uh, 
there at the end of the book of Daniel, and I'm kind of looking at it. Um, it's the last verse, yeah. The last verse in there, the end of mm-hmm. the book of Daniel. But you must go your way till the end, for you shall rest and will rise in your inheritance at the end of the days. So interesting take on that. One of the reasons why, uh, I, and I've never heard that take on that, I think that perhaps with John chapter 10, verse 11, um, he says you must prophesy again that maybe perhaps there are those who are thinking that that's what the rest of the book of Revelation is about, that he's prophesying again. Um, but that is an interesting, interesting take that you have on it, um, on that. And then that's an interesting verse with Daniel as well. I think one of the reasons, the main reasons why people, of course, and you, you're hearing the broadcast from last week, um, right. and the discussion, uh, is it Enoch, is it Moses, is it Elijah? And I think one of the reasons why um, that uh, Bible scholars look at it and say, you know, the two witnesses is uh, Elijah because of the miracles that are being described there. And I don't know if you heard that part. Um, yeah, that, I, I have heard that, and I do understand it, and I heard it a, a lot, but that's kind of us saying, well, they did some of the miracles that the two prophets do, and like right. I've heard the reasons why people think that, but it just seems like here there's two specific yeah. references that God says you're going to speak again. So I'm thinking yeah. if you didn't speak the seven thunders and one, and the witnesses speak to the seven thunders, it's very well they might be preaching what the seven thunders didn't reveal. Yeah, because, you know, here, and that's an interesting uh, thing, and just for reference to those who are listening in Revelation chapter 10, verse uh, 4, uh, here is, as the seven thunders were uttered their voices about to write, but I heard a voice from heaven say to me, seal up the things that the seven thunders uttered and do not write them. There's there's no indication when that is going to, if it is going to be revealed to us. So, you know, it's interesting kind of putting the pieces of the puzzle together in an interesting discussion in that. And the two witnesses, it's one of the reasons why people were thinking Enoch is because he was raptured, right? And Elijah were raptured, and is appointed once for man to die, and then the judgment. Well, kind of what you're saying is the two, the miracles described here, it could be two different people working the same miracles, I don't necessarily think that Enoch has to be one um, that comes back and then dies physically, because there's going to be a whole generation of Christians that are going to be, you know, uh, raptured. So interesting discussions, something to, for, to kind of examine, because we're going through on Wednesday nights the book of Revelation. And um, so we're in chapter 2. When we get to chapter 10, I'll have to look at that in chapter 11, the two witnesses that are going to be in Jerusalem. So I appreciate your feedback on that. Gives me something to chew on a little bit. (laughs) Okay, that's good. I mean, we all want to chew on the Word of God. And so I think sometimes we need to be more like detectives, like God's trying to tell us stuff, and we need to see what He says. And we don't want to just put our thoughts into it. We want to, you know, see what He says. And so that's why we have to compare with Scripture with Scripture. You know, and, so, and that's the key. It's worth the pursuit. You know, it's it's you know looking at it, um, and you know it's interesting discussions, and um, I think that um, it's worth definitely looking at. So I appreciate your feedback on that. But that's the first time I've heard that take on that, and um, it just reminds me how 
I need to study the scriptures more and more because I don't know everything. And, um, you know, we can't always be dogmatic about things in the two witnesses, but we can sure look at it, and it's interesting to look at. So I appreciate your call, Cheryl. Appreciate it. Um, I mean, No problem. Um, Doris. It's Doris, but so, that's okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I got Cheryl coming next. So, Doris, oh, thank okay. you for calling. Okay, sounds good. All right, well, thank you. All right. Have a great night. You have a great weekend. All right. Good questions, good, you know, good observations from the scriptures. Hey, uh, we'll go back to the phone lines. We're getting ready to go to a break here. And uh, so get one of those open lines. we got a couple open lines, 303-690-3000. Good questions. Maybe your Bible reading has brought up a question. I'll do my best to answer it. Let me give you that text number, 720-336-0897. We'll get to Cheryl after the break. And uh, I'll get a drink of water, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Calvary Live. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And you just heard the number to call, 303-690-3000. We got a couple open lines. And you are listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Jeff Figs of Calvary Greeley. So glad that you've joined us for the second half of Calvary Live. Had a great first half, some great questions. Um, and it blesses me when I see people are reading their Bibles. They're asking questions. They really want to know. It's such a, a blessing to be a part of this program. So if you got a question about the Bible or Christian living, please give me a call. Or the book of Revelation is what we are discussing uh, just prior to the break, the two witnesses. Uh, on Wednesday nights, we're going through the book of Revelation. We did have service on this last Wednesday. I know that uh, in the metro area and in Colorado, we had some snow come in and some services were called off. We were able to to have our service. And uh, so uh, some people have been asking about the latest teaching. should be able to uh, go on our website, calvarychapelgreeley.com. And we talked about uh, the Church of Smyrna, the persecuted church, has a lot to say about us today. Um, and so you can get that teaching. And as we go through the book of Revelation, love to see you on Wednesday night, 7 o'clock, as we uh, will be talking about the Church of Thyatira and Pergamos uh, this Wednesday coming up. But on Sunday, we're in Romans, and we're in Romans chapter 8, such a rich, rich chapter. And we're going to be going over a section of Scripture that sometimes— um, is hard to hear when you're going through difficulties, and that is that he works all things together for good for those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. And uh, and it's tied into a couple verses there about being called and predestination and foreknowledge of God and all of that. So come out and see us on uh, Sunday as we talk about those verses in chapter 8 of Romans. And love to see you. we got a place for all the kids and for the youth. 8, 9, 30, and 11 o'clock is our three services on Sunday. As you check out our website, calvarychapelgreeley.com, you will be able to get the directions we're easy to find in the Greeley area. So I'd love to see you. Revelation on Wednesday night, 7 o'clock, and Romans on Sunday morning, 8, 9, 30, and 11. But let's go to the phone lines. Let's go to Cheryl in Atlantic City, New Jersey. 
Cheryl? Yes, yes. You're on Calvary Live. Yes, hi, hello, good evening. Um, Can we pray I for have you? A re- I have a request. Um, I need prayer um, okay. for my husband. Um, he Absolutely. was in a auto accident um, okay. on November 3rd, um, which was no fault of his. However, um, he is in a sort of a self-conscious state. Um, okay. He doesn't move, doesn't talk. Um, he's on a trach, he's on a feeding tube. And um, he does open his eyes, and I believe he does hear me and knows when I'm there, I am his wife. And I have been praying and asking God for healing, if it is his will. Yeah. So I'm asking a- for prayer. Absolutely. And I am so sorry, Cheryl, um, for, you know, this. I know it must be difficult. It must be it very, very hard. And you said that, you know, he can't talk. But he responds to you, and I yes. just I, I, I want to encourage you um, because Paul talks about um, in Second Corinthians about the difficulty he was going through. He said that I was pressed beyond measure, um, the pressing of what they've gone through, but also that uh, the sufferings which we suffered were comforted by the God of comfort who comforts us in all our tribulations, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble. And God is there to comfort you and to minister to you. And then he goes on to say something that um, he says, we don't lose heart, even though the outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. And Cheryl, I want to encourage you, you keep reading Scripture to him. Because he's responding to you. You keep talking to him. Keep yes. telling him you love him. Yes. Um, and, you know, even though the outward man is perishing, the inward man is being renewed day Amen. by day. Amen. And, um, and he's hearing you, and you keep yes. feeding him the Word of God, and that's going to bring comfort to him and blessing to him. So, Father, I pray Amen. for Cheryl. I just pray for her. As she, I can, she's grieving. She's weeping over her husband. She's in that place that we began the service about, waiting for for you, Lord. Um, And it's a hard place to be. And even as David would write, that my soul waits silently for God alone. My hope is from him. He is my rock and my salvation. And I shall not be moved. But Lord, it does move us when we're in difficult situations. And Lord, I pray for Cheryl that she would, as she waits on you, that you would, Lord, comfort her with the comfort that only you can give, because she's pressed beyond measure. And Lord, I pray that that she would have the strength every day to minister to her husband. And Lord, we lift him up to you right now. We pray for healing. We pray that you would touch him, that you um, would restore his brain, um, that, that you would wake him up. And Lord, I pray for a miracle, because you can do that. And, and so Cheryl comes to you asking for that because she knows that that you're the compassionate and sympathetic high priest that we can come to you to the throne of grace in time of need. And that's what she's doing right now. Yes, so Lord. we just lift up her husband who was in this car accident. I pray that you would show yourself strong on his behalf, on, on Cheryl's behalf, 
and that you would work in a powerful, mighty way, because you are Almighty God. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you. You You bet, Cheryl. We're going to be praying for you, okay? Yes, sir. Thank you, sir, so much. Thank you. And I enjoy listening to your program. Thank you well, so much. I have God it on so he can hear it too. I keep it on all Good. night. We're in, we're in a Good. nurse at home, and I keep it on all night for him. I keep God it on. bless you guys. Listen, yes. the Lord loves you, and he's with you. Okay? Thank you, sir. Thank you. God bless you. You bet. Bye-bye. You bet. Thank you. Bye-bye. So difficult when we go through those uh, times of we don't fully understand. And and that's even the text that, that we're going to look at um in Romans chapter 8, that I hope to bring some clarity and understanding, um, you know, because we think that that verse that we're all familiar with, that he works all things together for good for those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. And we think, how is this working for good, this situation, this this trial, this loss, this this tragedy? And, and we're going to keep it all in perspective, uh, because here is Paul writing to a group of Christians, they needed to be comforted 2,000 years ago. And, and he's talking to them about walking in the Spirit. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. He begins the chapter. And then he ends the chapter by saying there's no separation from his love. And in between, he talks about how you and I as believers, that we have this, um, this spirit of adoption where we cry out, Abba, Father, and the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And so we, you know, we know we just have that assurance and and the testimony of the Holy Spirit that dwells in our hearts that we belong to him. And then he says, For I consider that the sufferings at the present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory which shall be revealed in us. He would write similar things to the Corinthian church in his second letter to them. He does not say that the sufferings that we go through does not hurt. It does hurt or we don't grieve, or we don't struggle with it. But he goes on to say that the Holy Spirit is there when we don't know how to pray as we ought. The Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered or groanings inexpressible. The Holy Spirit is there to take what is deep in our hearts when we're so overwhelmed, we don't know what to pray, and he intercedes for us as uh, according to the will of God. He searches the hearts. He knows the mind of the Spirit, and he makes intercessions for you and for me. And we know that he works all things together is the key for those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. And he goes on, for whom he foreknew, he predestined, conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. And he's saying there's an eternal end to this. And so you should tie it all together. It's important for us to understand that God's sovereign hand is working in our lives, and we don't know, you know, how to pray. We don't understand. We don't feel like that promise is good. We can fall back on what we do know, that somehow in eternity's perspective, in view that he is working um, for good, for for those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. And that can be hard sometimes. And then he goes, what shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? And I really want to press that because we had a um, you know, a text message come in uh, that says, please pray for me. I feel neglected and rejected. 
I have a hard time trusting Jesus, um, and I have a hard time, um, you know, and just uh, looking to him um, because he's scared. And the thing about it is we do become scared. And the Lord says to us that we don't have to fear because he loves us, he's with us, he is there, his promises are true for us uh, all the time. And uh, so uh, it is uh, something that I pray that uh, we can read how the Lord is still working in our lives through sufferings, through difficulties, through hard times. He loves you. Um, there's no condemnation. Sometimes we think, oh, things are happening because, uh, you know, because uh, the, the condemnation of the Lord or whatever. We don't fully understand, um, but it rains on the just, the unjust. We will have tribulation. But know that the love of the Lord remains because there is nothing that can separate us from the love of Christ. He says, shall tribulation or distress or persecution. And so I hope that that brings comfort, Cheryl, to you as you're listening um, to those who are out there who are perhaps going through difficult times. You know, uh, this week uh, I got a staff member that his wife has been very sick. Uh, we've been praying for, for Chris and Pastor Jim, and, um, and she's in ICU and we're waiting on the Lord, but all these things are coming um, to really, really touches our hearts, and um, the comfort of the Lord is there. So, hey, we got open lines. Still not the, you know, it's not the weekend yet. Give me a call. Uh, we still got plenty of time on the show for you to call and ask a question. 303-690-3000 is the number to be on the air, and uh, I'd love to talk with you. There's a text uh, line, 720-336-0897. We can go to the text line if that's what the Lord has for us and kind of fill in um, the uh, the uh, time that we have. Somebody, we just had a discussion on the two witnesses. Somebody texted in, uh, the two witnesses might be Elijah and Moses. That's what most commentators and scholars suggest that it's uh, Elijah and Moses because of uh, the, you know, uh, the uh, miracles that are described there in the book of Revelation. And uh, so some have said maybe it's Elijah, Elijah who's going to come before the dreadful day of the Lord, as Malachi says. Uh, so there's a lot of thought on that, good thoughts and stuff. Um, there is also, let me go through the text questions and kind of pull them up. And I uh, would love to hear from you. Give me a call, 303-690-3000, talk with you, and uh, to be able to uh, answer your questions. One of the questions that came in is the Nephilims gone forever. And uh, the Nephilims that are mentioned in the book of Genesis, chapter 6, and uh, let me read it to you. And that's a question that gets often asked and uh, is kind of an interesting text, the Nephilims that were in the land before the flood. And we see in Genesis chapter 6, and I'm going to read it to you as I turn there to give you a reference. But now it came to pass when a man began to multiply in the face of the earth and daughters were born to them, that the sons of God saw their daughters of men and they were beautiful and they took wives for themselves of all whom they chose. And so as we read that in chapter 6, um, that's where uh, we go on to verse 4, and there were giants uh, on the earth, or Nephilims, uh, in those days and also afterwards, when the sons of God came to the daughters of men and they bore children to them. Those were mighty men who were bold uh, men of renown. And we don't know a whole lot about the Nephilims, uh, exactly where they came from. Uh, we don't know, uh, um, you know, uh, 
know, was it what that was all about? There's some suggestions and stuff. Um, so apparently they would be drowned in the flood, and we want to, you know, um, you know, uh, see that um, that those giants on the earth, um, the sons of God to uh, the daughters of men, uh, was Satan trying to pollute the the line of Messiah? Uh, was the demonic forces? Jude seems to indicate that, but it seems to indicate they, of course, would be gone because we don't have giants in the land anymore, uh, and so they are probably gone. So good question, um, good uh, thought, uh, kind of an interesting kind of uh, uh, note that is there. And here's the thing. We don't always know everything in the Scriptures. Uh, when we talk about the two witnesses, we can't be dogmatic about everything. Um, but uh, we can sure uh, look at it and look at it uh, through the scriptures and, and try to come up with a reasonable answer. Hey, let's go to, we got a phone call, and uh, let's go to Jennifer in Colorado Springs. Jennifer? Hi. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for taking my call. Absolutely. Um, I just have a quick question. Um, I feel very convicted lately. Um, there's just some things that, I said and did when I was pregnant, and I have a constant fear of, like, I feel like I view God as, like, a very righteous justice justice God, and I fear that he's going to take my son from me, and I just want to not feel that. Like, I, I believe that I'm supposed to fear the Lord, but I don't think that that's how he wants me to feel. Right. And I just don't and know it, how to, like, let go of, like, my, like, let go and trust God with my son. Right. And sometimes Christians will have this this terror of the Lord. You know, the Bible says that we're to fear the Lord, right? But that's a reverence, because we do believe in a holy God, just as you said, who um, is a just God, a holy God. Um, he's almighty God. And sometimes Christians are kind of like, oh, God is my buddy, and, you know, and kind of like that kind of attitude. Well, Jesus said... I no longer call you servants, I call you friends. But here's the thing, we need to remember that we worship a holy God. So there's that end of it. But here's the other thing, too, that I want to read to you again, uh, and I've mentioned it, but in Romans chapter 8, for those of us who are in Christ, he says, there is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ. He says there is now no condemnation. That means Right now, Jennifer, for you who are in Christ, there's no condemnation. Here's the thing, that sometimes we think that, you know, when even when the Lord's convicting us, I want you to keep in mind that as he does convict us, it is always to draw him to himself, not to push you away. You can tell the difference between the enemy who condemns, that's to push you away from God, the conviction of the Lord is always to draw you to him. And John says that we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's good news. And then in Romans chapter 8, going back to that, that we, he says, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you receive the spirit of adoption whom we cry out, Abba, Father. You know what Abba means? It literally means Papa. 
Mm-hmm. And if you, if you go to the Middle East, you'll hear the little kids cry out, Abba, Papa, you know, to their dad. Mm-hmm. And you have, you know, you said a son, and being a mom, um, having that relationship, that is a very special relationship. So he hasn't given us the spirit of fear and bondage, but the spirit of adoption, whom we cry out, Abba, Father. And he loves you. He loves you, Jennifer. And there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There is now no condemnation. And anything that we've done that we, you know, he convicts us as we can confess it and put it under the blood of Jesus and move forward. And to know that there's nothing that will separate us from the love of Christ, he goes on to say in that. So it's a beautiful, you're valuable to the Lord, and you're important to him. You're his child. And he's not up in heaven, leaning over the banister of heaven with the lightning bolts on his side, ready to to zap you (laughs) if you get out of line or you fail. Don't look at the Father that way. But you remember that Jesus would say, to those disciples in that upper room. He said, they said, show us the Father that it may suffice us. And Jesus said, oh, Philip, you've been with me all this time. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And what he was saying is, if you want to know what the heart of God is like, if you want to know the the heart of the Father, look to me. And Jesus was one that ministered with great compassion. He's one that ministered, you know, his love. And he was one that... The, the common people heard him gladly. It was the religious leaders that couldn't stand Jesus, but it was Jesus that went to the sinners. And it was the, you know, James and John, the sons of thunder in Luke's gospel that wanted to call down fire and consume this village. You know, they said, shall we call down fire and burn these guys up? And sometimes we think God's that way. And Jesus said, you don't know what spirit you're from. I come to save sinners. I've come to save sinners, is what he said. And he loves you, Jennifer. Don't doubt the love of God. And he wants to bless you, and he wants to grow you, and he wants to bless your child, your son, and he desires to do a work. So, you know, the conviction of things, put it under the blood of Jesus Christ and move forward in his love and and know that he desires to work and that you're valuable to him. And... Um, and he's not out to get you. We don't have the spirit of fear of bondage, you know, this terror of the Lord, but the spirit of adoption where you can cry out, Abba, Father, Daddy, you're my dad. Does that help you out, Jennifer? Yeah, it really does. Thank you so much. You look to him. He loves you, and he'll never stop loving you, okay? Okay, so thank you so much. You, so much. you bet, absolutely. God bless you. Hey, Jennifer? Yes. You still there? Can yeah. I pray for you real quick? I just yeah, I just please. feel like I want to pray with you. Father, I pray for Jennifer. I thank you for her taking the time. And I know she's a busy mom, maybe needs to get back to her son. But, Lord, just bring the comfort to her and the assurance of your love and that she belongs to you. And, Lord, that um, that she can have that spirit of adoption to cry out, Abba, Father. Just bring that assurance of, how valuable she is to you and her son as well, in Jesus' name. God bless you, Jennifer. Thank you. Bye-bye. You bet. Absolutely. 
303-690-3000. If somebody wants to grab a quick line, let's go to Sylvia in Arvada. Sylvia? Yes. Hi. How are you today? Oh, I'm doing okay. <laughs> are you? Can we pray yeah. for you? Yes, actually. Just, I have my uh, 26-year-old daughter and uh, wayward daughter, um, and she's just making some bad decisions, you know. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. that's hard, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, Sylvia. I got a daughter who's twenty six years old, mm-hmm. and um, she loves the Lord. And mm-hmm. but, you know, they become adults, and we never stop loving them and hurting for them, and praying for them. You keep praying for her, and and um, the world is out there getting at our young people, um, mm-hmm. and pulling them in. So, Father, I pray for Sylvia. She wants prayer for her daughter who's making bad decisions. Thank you for the courage of Sylvia the the call. And Lord, you know who she is, her daughter. Mm-hmm. We lift her up to her you. We pray that you would draw her to yourself, that Lord, that you would help her to to get away from the bad influences. Mm-hmm. And um and Lord, I pray that you would do a work in drawing her to yourself, Lord. That she, you would convict her heart to where she, she would uh soften her heart to you to know that you have a wonderful plan for her, that you desire for her to experience abundant life as, Mm -hmm. Lord, you just uh, work in her life. Lord, I pray for Sylvia that you help her minister to her daughter to continue to just uh, point her to Jesus Mm -hmm. and um, to keep lifting her daughter up to you, Lord. We do that right now. We pray that you would, Lord, just speak to her very clearly and and work in, in such a mighty way in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. God so bless much. you. Thank You're you. You're so welcome. Okay. You bet, Sylvia. Mm-hmm. Bye bye. Bye bye. It is hard. You know, Satan is working overtime on our young people. They're getting pulled into the world. They're being lied to. And I just want to say to to you young people, and it's for all of us, that God has so much for you. And don't let the world rip you off because that's what the world will do. The world it, it will deceive you because Satan is the God of this age, the little G, the God of this world. And he wants you to be deceived and blinded. And what the culture is saying, what our society is saying to pull you away from God. Um, to, you know, a lot of young people can think that I am free to just do whatever I want. And you don't understand sometimes, you know, our young people or, or Christians, true freedom comes by walking with the Lord. That's where true freedom comes. Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. So maybe there's somebody out there listening. Maybe you're getting ready to go hang out somewhere this weekend, tonight. Maybe go to old hangouts, friends, that you know that's going to pull you into sin and carnality, don't go because you will find yourself in bondage to those things. The Lord loves you. And if you want to experience true freedom and abundant life, and if you want to to live life the way it was meant to be lived, live for Jesus. And, and he is the one that will bring the joy and peace and wisdom. You don't have to be deceived by this world. You don't have to be... Um, you know, in darkness, you don't have to be in bondage to sin because that's what sin will do. It will put you in bondage. And the enemy comes along and says, hey, you'll be free. No, you won't. 
and so you live for him and and i hope that that you know you know that and you understand that um that live for jesus um i pray for our young people i pray for um us to be able to continue to give the good news of the gospel that jesus christ has come to save us from our sins to free us from the world to free us from sin and for us to be able to walk in the Spirit. And he says something in chapter 8, and made reference to Romans, and he says this, to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Listen, if you want life and peace, and I don't think anybody would argue with that. You know, I don't think anybody say, I don't want life and peace. Then be spiritually minded. But if you are carnally minded, you're going, your life just reek of the stench of death in your soul and in your heart because that's what God's word declares and it, it is true. Give your life to Jesus. Don't give your life over to the world because the world is a terrible taskmaster and the world will put you in bondage and it will disappoint you and deceive you. And Jesus wants you to be free for you to walk in truth, to know him, to worship him, to to just live for him. And so I believe that perhaps is a word for somebody out there listening as we get ready to head into the weekend. Um, we, uh, parents, keep praying for your kids. Never stop praying for them. And I hope for all of us as we end the show here, be in church this weekend, be in fellowship with other believers. We need one another. We need to encourage one another, strengthen one another in the things of the Lord. And uh, so remember, go to a good Bible-believing church, be in fellowship, and so grateful for this show. Thank you, everyone who's called in or texted in, um, and we're going to see you next time. Have a great weekend. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.